Welcome to Veg Out, Toronto's vegetarian podcast. We are a collective of vegans who love to talk about all things vegetarian and vegan in the GTA. You can hear us on Met Radio, 1280 AM Campus Community Radio, based in downtown Toronto. And you can find us on Instagram at Veg Out Podcast TO. My name is Sweta, and I'm joined today by Jen. Hello. And Steve. Hi. And today we'll be talking about all kinds of things. But before that, we have a little bit of news. Um, Jen, you have a little bit of sad news for us. Do you want to maybe start us off with that? Yeah. So I think on our last two podcasts, we were really excited to mention that the Mississauga Veg Fest uh, was going to have their Halloween monster market on October 28th. But I just found out that it's cancelled. So if anyone is looking to find out any updates, um, I think they've taken everything down. So, But I did get a confirmation for them that it is cancelled. So hopefully they'll have something coming up in uh, the new year because it'd be great to have a veg fest in Mississauga. Yes, for sure. But don't worry, we uh, still have some Halloween fun for you. But this time it's at a sanctuary with animals. So that's fun. Farmhouse Garden is having a Halloween visiting day. This is happening on Sunday, October 29th, and it is from 1 to 4. The cost of admission is $17.31, and folks are going to be able to meet the animals and feed them um, some treats. They can go on hay rides through the fields, pumpkin carving, and uh, just take in the scenery. There's also going to be some baked goods. I'm assuming that's not included in the the purchase price is going to be additional, but this is uh, all going towards a good cause. Bring your kids under five. They come free, but no pets, please. And we do have some other Halloween events coming up that we haven't mentioned yet. On meetup.com, we have uh, a Toronto vegan group and they have a number of events that they have scheduled. Uh, and one coming up is uh, their Halloween special. And that's Friday, October 27th from 6.30 to 9.30 at Il Vagano. I'm not sure if anyone's had a chance to go there yet. So that's at 502 Queen Street West. This meetup is a social event for those you know, interested in a, getting connected to like-minded individuals in the community. You don't have to be vegan to show up, but all the food will be vegan. And with this particular event, there is no cover charge. Draft beers are only $5 uh, during this time. There'll be mocktails, original cocktails, authentic Italian vegan food, all between about $15 to $25. And the event's on the second floor. So they have two rooms and a patio. So that sounds like um, it would be great. It's Halloween themed and decorated. So bring your costumes if you have one. And you can go to meetup.com and look at the Toronto Vegan Group to get more information. But it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. I haven't been there yet, but that sounds like a big venue. Yeah, I haven't been there either. I'm actually planning to go on Sunday, so it'll be my um, first time to go. Steve, have you been there? No, I haven't. I've gone by and looked at the place, and it doesn't look that big. And yet, although I wasn't aware it had a second floor. Yeah, mm. so that'll be interesting. Like a, uh, like a banquet hall, that would be very nice, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh... Sausage Party uh, presents the worst market ever, but um, this time it's not at their location on St. Clair. This is actually happening at the Society Clubhouse 
967 College Street uh, in Toronto. And it's going to be on Friday, November 10th from 5 to 9. It's going to be food, drinks, art, and uh, vintage goods. Yeah, that'll be exciting. They keep adding more and more to their list at, at this market. So that'll be like Bad Attitude is there, um, Apocalypse Now. Oh, what? That should have been, yeah. I should have looked at that better. Yeah, it's a really, really great list. Um, and you could go to their uh, Sausage Party Toronto as uh, their Instagram handle and you can check out, um, that's just a few of the vendors. There's many vendors that are going to be there. So yeah, I think uh, a number of my favorites. I'm, I'm very excited to check that one out. I, I really hope that Apocalypse has their Joey Lawrence's. They're so mm-hmm. good. It's like it's like a Joe Louis, but Joey Lawrence, the actor, he's vegan. Two vegans at a Blossom. Oh. And so they renamed it. Uh, Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. (laughs) And next we have, it is the 15th annual Eco Fair that will be occurring on Sunday, November 5th from 11 to 4 at the Artscape Witchwood Barnes, which is located at 601 Christie Street. This event is free. It's family friendly. Say it's filled with lots of fun. And it's a way to celebrate uh, the people behind local environmentally friendly businesses and organizations. You can get informed, make greener choices. It's co-hosted by Green Neighbors Network of Toronto and Transition Toronto. And it's 100% organized by volunteers. So you can go to their website, ecofairtoronto.org. Their Instagram handle and the Facebook is also ecofairtoronto. And uh, you can email them at ecofairtoronto at gmail.com if you wanted further information. So another event (laughs) for us to check out. So I've got another one and this one's like a month away, but I just, when I saw it, I was like, what? Okay. So there's a vegan pop-up brunch happening and um, maybe that is interesting enough for you. That was not interesting enough for me. The thing that was interesting enough for me is that it's an all-you-can-eat vegan pop-up brunch. Oh. Yeah. And it's <laughs> November 19th from 1130 to 1.30 at, uh, inside a sports pub. So Rivals Sports Pub, they're hosting the event. This is just a pop-up event, which is at 560 Danforth, which is around um, uh, Broadview and Danforth. And it's uh, being, um, the food is being, or the event is created by an, a group called Five Principles Cuisine, a uh, catering service, a vegan catering service in Toronto. So Yes, super exciting. It's uh, 3861 with the taxes and fees and whatever on Eventbrite. And uh, spaces are limited. Oh, I'm going to check that out. That, that All you can eat. <laughs> yes, we, we used to have all you can eat places. Well, I mean, I guess not in Toronto proper, but just like slightly on the outskirts. And now they're all gone. And uh, this, is, uh, this is nice to have a little pop-up version of it. Yeah, a rare treat. Did I hear you say potluck? all you can eat no no it's a it's a vegan brunch and oh it's a pop-up i think that's what i said pop oh okay that's that's what i misunderstood because i uh, i took that to mean well they're always all you can eat oh potlucks are always all you can eat except the good stuff always runs out too soon yeah so have you um have any of you been to a restaurant recently that you want to rave about maybe done some activism animal rights or not or any interesting books well, I can start. I can mention that. Uh, so my sort of hometown area is in the Peterborough area. And I realized that Revelstoke Cafe or Revelstoke Kitchen um, has a restaurant that opened up, you know, 
fairly recently here in Toronto and didn't realize that its first restaurant was in Peterborough. So I managed to go there, <laughs> haven't made it to the Toronto <laughs> one, and managed to have some eggs Benedict, vegan, of course. And I uh, thought it was absolutely delicious and and probably ate it way too quickly. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was quite happy uh, to have a, a, a vegan restaurant in in my hometown area. So um, mm. I don't go home that often. So it was a nice little treat to be able to stop in and check that place out. I didn't realize, yeah, that they had multiple locations. Yeah. The, so apparently the first one was in Peterborough and then they opened up their second one in yeah. Toronto. Um, I don't know if you guys have been to the one in Toronto. Not yet. What yeah. part of town is it? I didn't, never heard of it. Um, East End, right? It's located, so the Revelstoke Cafe and Kitchen uh, is located at 195 Carlton Street, Toronto. And oh, the Revelstoke it. Kitchen in Peterborough is 641 George Street North. So, yeah. So um, I'm a part of the the VegTO book club. And for this month, we meet once a month and we read books. And uh, I remember initially I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to join this. I don't want to read about animals being killed all the time. This doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> but that's that's not what the book club is. Yay. Uh, and we just read interesting books about the environment and about animals and things like that. Sometimes we do read things that are a little bit more activisty. Uh, but this week or this month, rather, we were reading a book called An Immense World by Ed Young. And it's such an interesting book because it talks about the perspectives of um, the animals and like their world. And he talks about this concept of uh, umwelt. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. <laughs> and basically the senses that we have, they kind of construct our world and that world that we live in, that's called our umwelt. And he doesn't talk about it from humans, but even human to human, that's going to be a little bit different, right? Like your sight is a little bit different than mine. Um, even, even I think you can include your emotions in there. The way that you perceive things emotionally is going to be a little bit different than me. But he's talking about specifically from animals. And he he talks about all these, these different senses that they have, which are different than ours. And uh, then in the last chapter, he talks about how we're basically, um, you know, completely messing up their world with all the lights that we have and the noise pollution and all that. And... Uh, in that sense, it's it's quite sad, but it just it makes you appreciate, I think, um, other beings a lot more and get a better understanding of them. Like he was talking about something about um, cats and this is like all manner of cats have us their their stomach. There's like their senses on there on the, the fur or something like that. And um, so a lot of times these documentaries will show like lions just hanging out in, in the savannah. And it's like, oh, they're just being lazy. It's like, no, they're they're actually probably, you know, um, monitoring things with these senses that they have in their like stomach region. And I'm just looking at my cats. I'm like, I didn't know you did that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just, yes, it's just all these, um, again, different senses and bees using magnetic fields to figure out which flowers to go to and things like that. Uh, so I strongly recommend it. It's called An Immense World. And uh, if you live in Toronto, the Toronto Public Library has all the various copies, um, you know, your paper copy, as well as the digital and the audiobook. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Another thing that happened recently is uh, my partner decided he wanted to buy a bag of ketchup chips. Why do ketchup chips always have milk? <laughs> yes, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> but he picked up Miss Vicky's sweet and spicy ketchup chips. 
and the ingredients did not contain milk. So he gets excited and I don't know how far he made it, but I'm going to make it just sound more interesting. And I'll say he got to the register, he was about to pay. And then he noticed on the back that it said contains milk, <laughs> but it was not in the ingredients, hmm. but it said contains milk. So I have a question for you. If you came across something like that, where you couldn't find it, the, the milk in the ingredients, but it said not may contain, it says contains milk. Would you buy it? I would not. No. <laughs> but I think is maybe it's like it's written like whey or like maybe it's yeah, it wasn't. It's an ingredient that is milk based, but it wouldn't necessarily have milk in the ingredient list. I'm not sure. Steve? Yeah, I, I find it confusing. And when I'm confused about something like that, I opt out until I learn more. And, and sometimes I never learn more. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily have to look it up right away, but I decide I won't, I won't move on that until I figured it out. I feel the same. I've often done that where I'm like, I can't figure it out. And then I just, I never, I never get back. To it. <laughs> but the default is to not have it if, in, in, when I'm confused about that. It sounds like you're in the same space there, Jen. Yeah. So what happened in your s situation, Sweda? Yeah, he, he put it down. He put it down. But we, what we realized is because, you know, it's flavored chips. So there's all kinds of ingredients in it. And it's like, okay, it's probably, it's probably like in the natural flavors somewhere in there. I mean, why ketchup chips would need natural flavored flavors for milk? I don't understand that, but that's probably where it is. But I did a little digging around. I tried to find, you know, a list of vegan Miss Vicky's chips. Apparently it's just the original ones that are vegan, the plain ones, because the jalapeno a lot of times contains dairy as well. So mm. why does this pepper contain dairy? But anyways, then there's um, a whole Reddit page on it where oh. someone posted about, it was the same issue, and this was a year ago. The title is, Ingredients of Miss Vicky's Sweet and Spicy Ketchup Chips Say Contains Milk, But Can't Figure Out Where the Milk Is. Help. <laughs> It was just so, I'm like, oh, okay, there's another person that's this concerned. And then one of the the, the person, people commented, said, the ever popular, all encompassing natural flavors. And yeah, that's that seems to be everything, uh... natural flavors. Yeah. Oh. One person commented that they have celiac and sometimes flour gets lumped in with spices. I didn't even know that was a... Oh, that sounds oh. Oh. like... <laughs> A mis yeah. huge, gross, mislabeling issue. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like yeah. grounds for a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I don't, I mean, I'm just going by this, you know, the Reddit information, which I know is always 100% accurate. <laughs> so this is what this person is saying. And so, you know, his or her conclusion was, I don't know why they wouldn't, you know, lump milk in with natural ingredients or with spices or, sorry, natural flavors or spices or something like that. Yeah. And then someone else said that um, this is all from the Reddit post. So much information in here. It's not all bad. So if someone else said that in um, Australia, they uh, have to actually bold the things that have the cautionary warnings. So they would have to bold natural flavors if that's where the milk was coming from. And so oh. you don't have to play this game of like, I wonder which one it is. Yeah, That's smart. I like that. Yeah, I feel like I've noticed that on some packaging somewhere. I don't know where that packaging came from. Maybe I did uh, go to Australia at one point. So maybe it was when I was there. I don't know, but I, I really like that uh, that idea. Or maybe some manufacturers just do it because that's kind of a responsible thing to do when you're dealing with common allergens like that. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I just I wish that everything was veggie cert <laughs> uh, certified <laughs> and you don't have to think about it at all when I see that label. And I know we did this uh, an episode um, a few episodes ago on veggie cert, but it just oh, I love it. <laughs> I love seeing that. I yeah. I see the convenience of veggie cert, but sometimes or, you know, the, the other vegan logos. But sometimes I'm like, um, you know, just read the ingredients or if you don't if you don't understand, just email the, the company. But I didn't think of it. My partner mentioned this. I didn't think of it from the company's point of view, because then you have all these vegans emailing you. Is there milk in this? Is there milk <laughs> in this? Is there dairy in this? Is this vegan? And that's just such a waste of time. But if you get the certification, like think about the amount of uh, customer service feedback that you've you've filtered out because it says right on it. I mean, I'm sure there are some people still emailing them about that, but the most part, people are not <laughs> doing it. Yeah. So speaking of food, and I've had this question on my mind. Oh, I think it's a while, but I guess we're we'll finally going to get to it. And I'm curious to know what what the both of you think, and I'm curious to know if the audience. Uh, our listeners want to uh, let us know what they think, but is there any food that you've come across that's within your vegan diet that you just refuse to eat? You just don't, you've never liked it or, or it's something you won't even try. Is that a thing for either of you? There has been in my case, but it's, uh, it's changed over the years quite a bit to the point where I don't say anything that adamant about it that refuse to eat <clears throat> this is this is going over so many years that uh what was I that thing to, what was the I thing used, that you I, didn't I love used to, to eat? feel that way about broccoli or now i quite like broccoli mm. uh my, my palate has changed around a lot of these things yeah and, uh, and i and i knew they were good for me but uh hey you can't eat every you can't eat everything that's good for you 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 can try yeah. but it's hard to touch all the bases yeah, uh, but uh, but it's happened to me so often that I don't make such strong statements about it as I used to either. Yeah, fair. Uh, where I absolutely refuse to eat something. And and how about you, Sweda? I I feel like it's like like refuse to eat. It's more just I'm not good at eating my greens. And then that's not really a vegan thing, but you know, vegans are supposed <laughs> oh, to be yeah. so healthy and whatever. I'm not good at eating my greens. I will, you know, sprout and then I'll eat them. But then if I, you know, just forget to sprout, yeah, there's no greens going into this body. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I try to tell myself it's okay. You're not putting that much, you know, bad stuff into your body either. So that's uh, that's good enough. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I feel like I prescribe more to the. Uh, don't put the bad stuff into your body rather than try to optimize all the good stuff and get that in there. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea if the, you know, the science backs up the style of eating, but that seems to um, be what I am doing. For the longest time though, I didn't eat, uh, I didn't eat avocados. I thought they tasted gross. Mm -hmm. I still think they taste kind of funny on their own and they do need to be like seasoned up a little bit nicely, but they're so nice and fatty. I feel like in a lot of cases where you might want to put um, uh, cheese, vegan cheese onto your food, like they can kind of, mm. yeah. What about you? Well, for me, I was that vegan or well, vegetarian, then vegan that uh, hated vegetables. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a bit of a transition, mm -hmm. uh, which I've learned. I've like, I really believe in the 21 days to form a habit. So if I just keep trying it, eventually I'll like it. 
-hmm. And the one sort of group of vegetables, but there's one standout that I just, I can't, can't quite, (laughs) haven't wrapped my head around is, is cooked carrots and, and root vegetables kind of cooked root vegetables in general, if they're raw and shredded, I'm okay. But there's something about cooked root vegetables and particularly cooked carrots that I just have not gotten over that hurdle (laughs) they just feel like they shouldn't be so sweet i feel like that's what it is with a lot of these root vegetables and then when you put them up now you just made them mushy and weirdly sweet and i don't like it i feel like you need to put it into stuff so like i make this pasta sauce that i want to put sugar in but instead i puree a sweet potato and i throw it in and that works because you can't taste that sweet potato and then i remember i made this dish with beets and I was like, oh, this is good. And my partner's like, I can't taste the beets. And I'm like, yeah, that's why it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same. If I can puree it into like a soup oh. or something else, then I like it's fine or add some spices that kind of like cuts into the sugar. But if you're talking about beets, I grew up eating borscht. Ah, yes. So that so you you were used to the, the cooked beets. Cooked beets for sure. Well, yeah. Uh that didn't change when I became vegetarian or anything. Mm. Uh, although, much like you, I, something rang true with me when you said it was, I was I used to be known as a vegetarian who didn't like vegetables. <laughs> and, and, uh, mm. and I think people focused on the things that I didn't eat, which was still a, min- a minority of vegetables, but it was a few vegetables. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I mentioned one of them. Uh, actually, the whole, ca- the whole cabbage family was part of that, too. Oh, okay. cabbage, cabbage and Brussels sprouts, as well as the broccoli and the uh, cauliflower. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, I've, I've learned to like all of them. And uh, I didn't jump to natto the first time I tried it, but uh, I've, I've learned to really yeah. like it. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. That, okay. That's on my list of curious. Your time. You, and you haven't even it. tried it to see if you like it. <laughs> yeah, you haven't tried it. Yeah. But uh, it's true. It's uh, true. It's on my list of uh, things to try. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, I, that's that's why earlier I was saying it's happened in so many different cases uh, that I just don't say that about anything anymore because it, it's changed so often in my life. Yeah, but I I did feel the same way you did about avocado. That was on my list of things that I had like I had to try continuously till I like was like okay with it. But I used to get cucumber avocado rolls, and I would pop out the avocado <laughs> just eat the cucumber rolls. <laughs> so but those days are over. Those days are over. I don't I don't eat avocados too often, but um, I do like them. I feel like now I I eat them like somewhat often. I still have to, you know, add a little extra seasoning just to make sure that they taste good. If it Mm. tastes too much like avocado, if it doesn't have like a little salt or garlic powder or something else sprinkled on top, it just, yes, it's uh, it's not great. It needs to be seasoned. That's how I feel Mm. about them now. So now I'm going to ask you the opposite question. And is there some food in your vegan diet that you just cannot live without it's like if you could only survive on this one item and let's pretend it had all the nutrients you need what would it be oh what i don't have anything that would interest anyone i feel like what i'm gonna say is boring (laughs) well what is it chickpeas chickpeas i would just sit and eat chickpeas like like really nicely boiled chickpeas um, with some seasoning because uh, that's important there as well. 
I, whenever I uh, cook beans, um, I always put salt in it and a little bit of cumin and a little bit of black pepper. And uh, gosh, it tastes good. Like I just want to eat handfuls of it. Just chickpeas. Chickpeas in like all their forms. Wait, is that allowed? Can I take the chickpeas and then eat them uh, bake sometimes and puree them sometimes and stuff like that? Sure. Even sprout them sometimes. Uh, there you go. There you go in all their forms. So I, I figured out, Jen, the best answer to your question because <laughs> I figured out how to get them in greens format. Thank you for that, Steve. As well as in snack format, as well as in dinner format. I'll eat some chickpeas with some pureed chickpeas. It'll be like a sauce. Done. <laughs> you found a loophole in my question. <laughs> yes. Steve, how about you? Uh, yeah, a couple of things that uh, some in the past... Uh, Flaky yeast used to be that way for me. I sprinkle it on almost everything. I don't, I don't use it as much now, but uh, every now and then I still do. Sorry, I thought you said flakies, like passion flakies, but oh. I think you said flaked yeast, like nutritional yeast. I'm like, that makes a lot more sense. Flake nutritional <laughs> yeast. Nutritional yeasts aren't all alike. Some of them taste a lot better than others. Spirulina or chlorella, occasionally I'll sprinkle over things. I don't know if everybody takes to those tastes. Hmm. I'm not sure if I've tried it just on its own to like sprinkle, like what do you sprinkle it on? Like a salad or your cereal or? On various things, just okay. try it out. Uh, I can't think of examples offhand, but uh, I have sprinkled it on things on occasion. And uh, uh, it's a bit messy because it has a very strong pigment to it. And if you sprinkle it on with your fingers, your fingers turn green. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of those things that I quite like, but uh Hmm. Oh, some, something else I like to toss into things is pumpkin seeds. Oh, yeah. It's a nice flavor. It is and, a nice flavor. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, one, that one goes back to my childhood. I've always liked pumpkin seeds. Hmm. When you mention spirulina getting all over your hands, I think of turmeric. Turmeric is, uh, if, I, yes. if I get that, it just like everything just turns this yellowish, yep. orangish color. But. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, I'll tell you something. At uh, Indian weddings, you make, um, or I guess it's Hindu weddings, you make um, like a turmeric paste and then you put it on the, the bride or the groom, depending on what ceremony it is or whatever. And like you just, like all the relatives come and they put it on the, the skin. And uh, this, I feel like if I told you, hey, Jen, can I have my head <laughs> wedding at your house? You'd be like, get away, get away. <laughs> but it's supposed to, it's supposed to, you know, do really nice things for your, for your skin. Yeah. Yeah. I so love turmeric. I just seem to stain yeah. like everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then as for the beets and the spirulina, I know what the good usage or the correct usage for that is. It's to use it as a dye um, um, because you can find powdered beets in like your natural health food stores and uh, you can put that into dye, uh, like, sorry, into icings and things like that um, to give like a, a natural dye. Beets work really well to give a nice pinkish hue. The spirulina was kind of okay but the beets hmm. worked really well. Oh, that's good to know. And spirulina is used commercially in uh, wasabi powders because wasabi powders aren't usually wasabi anymore. They're usually a horseradish with some spirulina to give them the green color. Ah. One was just telling me about that. And uh, it's, uh, wasabi is more expensive than natural wasabi than, than horseradish. And almost all the manufacturers that put up the wasabi powders have switched over that way and huh. uh, but uh and for some reason they don't the labeling isn't always quite clear you buy it thinking it's wasabi you get it home when you read the fine print you realize there's horse rider 
Hmm. Uh, there's similar enough flavors that they get away with that. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I but, didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, they use they use spirulina in in that case too. I guess they experimented a bit to figure out just what concentration hmm. to use. Hmm. So I guess that's the the vegan version of it. Stop calling things that are not wasabi powder wasabi powder powder mm-hmm. like this is or wasabi paste. Yeah. And this is going to be. Yeah, 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 we're going to yeah. lobby for this. <laughs> The See how Japanese it feels. Manufacturers might have, might not like you publicizing that. Yeah. So the one thing that I can't live without, I'm with Steve. Nutritional yeast. When I discovered that, <laughs> that is, I put that on almost anything. That stuff is gold, and I'm not even <laughs> sure if I've noticed a difference between brands because I just love it so much. So, and Ooh. I've also it's called Noosh Nooch. 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 Yeah, nooch. That's the shortcut for it. Or the short. I didn't know that. I was reading a recipe and I'm like, what's nooch? I didn't know. Yeah, nooch. Nooch is like my thing. And I would say oatmeal. If so I I created my own loophole and I'm I've now opened it up to two. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to you know what it needs to be? Flaked items. Flaked items. Yes. Flakes. Oat flakes. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. You found my loophole. Yeah. Oatmeal. I like that is I eat that every day. I'd eat that for every meal if I could. But ever try substituting flaked quinoa? No, but I would. I totally would. <laughs> you could because you can find it in health food stores and it's quite good. Oh, so, I'll try that. Yeah, flaked. I yeah. think I'm it's the flaked. <laughs> the genre like of foods is, is my yeah. <laughs> so it's fun it's always good to know and i'm curious if any of our listeners want to uh let us know you can uh reach out to us on our instagram veg out podcast to and let us know what your your favorite food is that you can't live without and the one that you wish maybe didn't exist <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we should have a separate separate request for your favorite flaked items it's just so that jen can explore the different types of foods next time on a future episode <laughs> okay you've been listening to veg out toronto's vegetarian podcast you can listen to past episodes on spotify apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found remember to subscribe where you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode follow us on instagram at veg out podcast to thanks to matt judge for our theme song Until next time, veg out. Ah, nice.